All right. Thank you guys so much for, for joining us today. Today on uh, Digging Deeper, we have David Young. He is a product application specialist for CAT backhoe loaders. David, thanks so much for joining us today and welcome in. Uh, thank you for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, no problem. And, um, you know, as, as we kind of stated in the, in the, at the top of the, um, the show, we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about backhoe loaders today. And it's, they're, they're definitely an interesting category of machine because one of the, all, you know, obviously most iconic and kind of most recognized machines on, on a job site and, and just kind of, um, you know, integral still to a lot of, uh, a, a lot of job sites out there. However, they're also kind of a, uh, if there's an endangered list of, of machines, I think, think backcos have, have definitely maybe kind of uh, sidestepped onto that list uh, just in terms of, you know, um, the way that the market has shifted toward maybe, maybe other machines. However, like I said, um, lots of folks out there still really depend on this machine, even though maybe its overall popularity has kind of has kind of diminished a little bit. Um, but that's just kind of what makes it an interesting machine, and, and it's and it's worth talking about. So that when people are going out there and they have buying decisions to make, um, hopefully they can listen uh, listen to this conversation and, uh, and and make a little bit more educated guess about it. Um, so, so as we get into this, obviously, like I said, uh, David is the product application specialist for cat backhoe loader. So he is the expert on this topic. Um, and so kind of jumping right in here, David, um, as I alluded to take us through kind of the, the backhoes kind of current place in the market today and, and it kind of explain how its popularity or its utilization has kind of changed over the last 20 years or so. Sure. Yeah. Um, you no, know, it's, it's a real, it's a real, uh, situation. I, I came into the back loader group in a different role, mind you, but, uh, around 22 years ago, I joined in 2000, the cat back loader product group. And, um, if I think back to the late nineties and the early two thousands, um, backhoes were everywhere, everywhere. You, you couldn't go by a job site without seeing a backhoe, uh, on that job site. And that was around the time we launched our D series model, uh, was around 2000, um, which introduced pilot hoe controls for the, for the back end, which was a huge hit. Um, and, uh, and then they were very, very popular. You know, fast forward to today in terms of seeing backhoes on job sites. And I look every time I go past one just to get a, a feel. I look at the equipment on the site and I'm always looking for backhoes. And it, it's not what it used to be. It, um, it it definitely is not, I think, the the, the model of what people are using on job sites has, has changed over the years. Um the industry size for the backhoe loader market, if you think about how many new backhoes are sold in the U.S. or North America in a given year, the industry size has um, has, has come down in the last 20 years. There's, there's, no, there's no denying that. I, I think, though, it's reached a um, – I think it's flattened out, and we're, we're starting to see in some areas, in some cases, where it's ticking back up a little bit, which is, which is always a good sign. But um, – yeah, again, there's no denying they're not as popular a product as they used to be uh, because there's more products out there, machines out there for um, customers and companies to to pick from. Yeah, and, and let's let's dig into that um, uh, that last point um, a little bit here because yeah, I mean it, it, 
What, why has this shift in your mind over the last 20 years? You, you, you kind of mentioned, um, you, you know, uh, in terms of, of, of the kind of the application profile, I guess, of, of each of these job sites, obviously how people are going about, you know, doing the things that they've been doing, you know, forever. That part has changed, but then there's there's been kind of like newer uh, solutions or newer machines, especially a lot of growth, obviously on the on the compact side of things. So take us through from from your perspective, from the backco perspective, you know why that shift um, ha- has occurred, and and also I, I thought it was really interesting what you said about we're, we're, we've the the maybe the decline in the popularity has um, or utilization has hit like a has hit a plateau. Um, and, I, and I do want to follow up on that in, in a second. But why why do you think that that shift um, that shift occurred over the last 20 years? What are some specific uh, things that have been a big contributor to that? Sure. Yeah. No, it's it's all around the, the introduction of compact construction equipment to, to the marketplace. Um, the introduction of many hydraulic excavators. Um, we've seen the popularity of skid steer loaders grow. And when you add in the compact track loader, um, which is, you know, basically in the, in the skid steer family, but with, with tracks, um, that's a pretty powerful combination of a mini excavator and a compact track loader. And I, and I think the, the introduction of those products and where they've gone from being initially introduced to where they are now in terms of features and performance, they, they've come a long way. And, I believe that you know that that combination is is substituting for for a backhoe in, in some cases, and um, you know why why would that be? Well, uh, from what I've experienced and what I've gathered talking talking to folks in the field, you know it's they are smaller. Um, you need less truck, less trailer, and, and in some cases, less licensing to to haul to haul around those pieces of equipment. Um, Price-wise, I mean, you could probably set up two uh, two rigs, you know, put one machine on one trailer and a truck and another machine on a trailer and a truck, and you can have two setups for really uh, the price probably for one setup for, for a backhoe loader. Um, I think in terms of where machines are working, I mean, I think – I think things are getting tighter and tighter as population grows and land development keeps happening and growing um, and getting into, you know, if you think about residential applications or, or even commercial applications, I mean, getting into tighter and tighter spaces is becoming a need. Um, and these machines are, are smaller and can get into those tighter spaces. Um, they're lighter. So they may not uh, in some cases may not tear up the ground as much while they're, while they're working. So there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of benefits to that um, for, for customers. And, you know, we, I've seen the, the norm or the model change shifting from backhoes to uh, two pieces of compact construction equipment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it, it, kind of one of the, the, the follow-ups to that, that, that I had in mind was, you know, following up on something that, that you said earlier about, about reaching that plateau. Why do you think things have leveled out? And then you also mentioned that it actually in some areas you're actually seeing, um, you know, demand for backhoes tick back up. So, you know, why have things kind of leveled out and, and why are you seeing some growth in those particular areas? 
Um, I, I think there will always be a need for backhoes in, in the world. And I, and I think with, with the shift, if I take 20 years ago, that industry size and look at it now, and I, I look at personally our, our Caterpillar uh, build rate for machines, it's been pretty constant over the last three to five years of how many we're going to pump out of our factories. Um, and, and that's, that's a global sense, but, but even for the factory that supports the North America industry, it, the same holds true. We've been in a pretty nice, consistent space for, for a while. Um, but backhoes, one of our biggest sectors is governmental, uh, for sure. I mean, next to motor graders, the backhoe product is, is, is right there in terms of popularity in the governmental space. And I don't see that changing, you know. Um, backhoes have a lot of capability, you know. It's it's one of few pieces, maybe the only piece that that you have two implements on the machine. It's a machine that can still go twenty five miles per hour, where compact construction equipment can't travel near that fast. It's probably more like two or three miles per hour. Um, and so to be able to do a variety of things with a single operator and travel around these municipalities and these governmental applications, do work, fix things, clean up after storms, all of those types of uh, things a backhoe would do is, is always going to be a need. And uh, I think in the government space, you know, that, that's, that's been consistent and I think we'll con- continue to see that be consistent. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And uh, kind of another follow up to what you said earlier, as you were kind of discussing some of the reasons that that compact machines um, have contributed, you know, to the decline in terms of uh, backhoe utilization. Um, You you, you mentioned, you know, obviously that the fact that, you know, whether we're talking about a a CTL um, in particular or a a mini hydraulic excavator, um, obviously those are both tracked machines. They weigh a lot less. They're disturbing the ground less. Those are things obviously unique to those machines, but kind of one one of the things I wanted to uh, ask you about today is if if we're looking at how Caterpillar is approaching backhoe development, is is the is the approach within Caterpillar at all um, seeking to respond to some of the um, the ways that the backhoe has kind of fallen, you know, not necessarily behind, but it's just such a different machine from those compact machines. Is there anything going on in backhoe development to kind of meet those change, those changes in needs for a smaller backhoe or, or one that, you know, disturbs the groundless is, is there anything that's kind of going on uh, today in the development of the backhoe that is, that is trying to um, meet those changes in, in taste? As of right now, uh, no, not not physically happening. I can tell you, we've had several conversations around uh, in our in our market in our product group around. Do we need to entertain uh, perhaps a smaller backhoe platform? Uh, maybe something in the I don't know eight to ten foot dig depth size class, uh, a small lighter machine. Um, you know, our cat backhoes are, are built strong. They're heavy. They're capable. They're stable. They can hog out a lot of dirt. They can do heavy lift. Um, and, and with that type of capability and size and power is, is weight. And I mentioned earlier that, you know, these compact machines, you can haul them around on a, on a much 
much lighter duty trailer and much less truck, you know, maybe in a three quarter ton or one ton size pickup truck, you can be on your way hauling machines around. Um, you know, typically our backhoes way up to, up to around, I don't know, it depends on the configuration, 20, call it 20 to 22,000 pounds. So they're big, heavy machines. And so the question is, can we, if we were to go with a smaller platform that could be trailered around on a far less, um, heavy duty setup, would the market, would that be something the market would be interested in? Um, and we're still, we're still asking those questions. We haven't come up with a conclusion yet. Um, I think it's an interesting one. The, the thing is, would it would it generally generally replace, or be would it be a solid candidate instead of a mini hex or or a CTL or both? Uh, just get you know a smaller backup. We we're still working on that, but um, it's a great question, and we have certainly discussed it, and we're still discussing it. But nothing nothing physically has happened. In other words, we're not we don't have our engineering team designing that right now. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that the important thing is, is exactly what you said. It's um, is, is anything that you could do to change the, the kind of overall um, I guess a physical language of, of the backhoe, would that just be an impediment on the backhoe platform and would it actually meet or exceed the functionality that is already coming from, from machines that you're, you're currently making. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a difficult one uh, to answer. And, and again, is, is it a, a good idea to kind of change the nature of the backhoe um, in such a way that would be confusing to somebody who's coming in expecting it to be a backhoe and, and do what a backhoe does and, feel like a backhoe feels as you operate it right. and everything you've come to expect from a cat machine or a cat backhoe uh, to kind of upturn that just in the, when, when you've got, you know, obviously two other machine categories that, that already meet that need and, and, and are doing a, a pretty good job of it. Um, no, it's, that's, that's extremely interesting. It's, it's just interesting to hear um, kind of like the, maybe the, the struggle and kind of uh, back and forth in the discussions that's, that's going on within the company. Um, yeah. That's, that's really cool to hear, but um, kind of a follow-up to that question. Um, w- you know, we've, we've kind of gone over some of the reasons that the backhoe is, has kind of fallen behind in terms of, of utilization. But as you mentioned, and, and I agree the backhoe isn't going anywhere anytime soon. There are so many um, customers um, that depends specifically on this machine for all the reasons that you mentioned, the strength, the power, the stability, the capability, the, the roading, um, all of that good stuff. So I guess the question then becomes, you know, the backhoe isn't going anywhere. So um, what are some of the things uh, that Caterpillar is doing to make this machine better and better um, right now and in the future? And, you know, what, how does that reflect what customers, what modern customers are, are needing out of a modern backhoe today? Yeah, no, good good question. I mean, for quite a number of years uh, now, um, a lot of our product update programs have been driven off emissions regulations. So if I think back to, you know, when we put tier three in and then tier four interim came in 2012, tier four final came in 2015, and the latest gen models... Um, have the new CAT 3.6 engine, which is EU stage five compliant. 
Um, and our cat by color is a global product. So that regulation went in. We had to get that satisfied at the beginning of 2020. Now, for, for the U.S., that really doesn't mean a whole lot. But once, if we ever move to like tier five, then we are good to go. You know, we will meet those requirements because we're already stage five compliant for EU. And what I'm going with, uh, where I'm heading here is, I think that we are hopefully out of the emissions update business for our catbacco product. So now as a product group, what makes sense for the, for the machine? I mean, where do we want to take this? And um, we're working through that right now. I mean, uh, and there's, there's lots of options. Um, we've, we introduced, we've got several models now that have electrohydraulic controls. Um, so do we build off of that? Um, other things regarding technology in the cab, you know, Apple CarPlay, all of these things, or, you know, things that make it feel more like you're in a, a truck or a modern truck or, or car are also things we're talking about. But, but at the same time, and those are all great things and we're exploring those things. But at the same time, I almost believe that in terms of real fancy features and whiz bang technology, uh, I believe the backhoe product is probably getting close to hitting the ceiling. I, I just, as I talk to customers and dealers, um, when you start thinking about fancy features, uh, you know, some of it sounds great. Of course, the question is going to be, well, how much are you going to charge for it, right? <laughs> is there going to be real value there? Um, and some things there probably would be. But uh, no, I think for our product, it is about keeping the performance and the reliability and durability. We, we cannot lose sight of, of quality uh, of the machine, both in terms of design and manufacturing. Um, we need to maintain also maneuverability. I mean, we talked about tight spaces with the small machines probably excel in tighter spaces, but the backhoe, um, you know, backhoes can get too big and put it that way. And I think we've got a really great platform now that has all the right combinations of performance, maneuverability, and, and capability. Um, so, you know, where do we need to take this product? It's a great question. Um, I think we will probably try to adapt some of the excavator style, grade control stuff, e-fence, e-ceiling, whatnot, and make that, probably make that optional picks on, on future models going forward. Outside of that, I think it's just what we need to do to keep the product fresh, you know, and I'd like to see us do more frequent updates to the product. Historically, our, um, our new product introduction programs would run, call it three, four, maybe five years, uh, probably not quite five, but three to four years. Um, we'd like to do some things to keep the product fresh, maybe every 12 to 18 months, you know, similar to what you see in the automotive uh, industry. And it may not be complete revamps of the product, but just offering new features and options and uh, freshening up the cab, you know, things like this um, that we're, we're looking to do.
Well, and you, and you also, um, with the, the removal of the, um, well, the, the new nomenclature, essentially, with the removal of um, those those letter generations uh, yes. or the generation letters and stuff like that, it definitely frees you up to, if you want to make smaller updates to the machine, you don't necessarily have to justify, you know, a whole generation anymore. You can, you know, like you said, with the automotive industry going at 12 to 18 months or it being like a model year update, um, it gives you obviously the the flexibility to do that. Um, but it's it's definitely interesting to hear you kind of come at it from the perspective of, you know, I, I, I think that um, this was kind of my perception of it as well. You know, obviously with that 3.6 engine that that does buy you a lot of time, but it's also just a great engine that also brings uh, an additional layer of like commonality with this machine to some of the other kind of like, you know, BCP products and Absolutely. some of the other um, some of the other compact products that, that are using this this engine. Um, but uh, yeah, no. What were you going to say? No, sorry. No, that's that. You're you're spot on. I mean, the the three six we're running has a a smaller displacement cousin, which is the two point eight, um, and you're going to see those two displacement engines, cat engines, uh, across a lot of BCP products. And you're right. I mean, a lot of commonality in terms of filters, service points, uh, service procedures, uh, troubleshooting procedures. And that that commonality um, is is going to be going to be great because for a long time we we weren't like that at BCP. You know, we were running a four point four, and then um, some were running the three point four, and then you know, it just we were kind of <laughs> a little all over the place in the engine installation across the products in BCP. And now that's getting that's getting much improved with these two engines, these two new engines. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and between the commonality and um, you know, some of the, the, the to me, when, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking specifically about um, a couple of years ago now with the introduction of the of the 420 XE. Um, and, and I do want to kind of get into this this XE uh, designation because, you know, obviously, you know, we just mentioned the kind of the change in the nomenclature, kind of getting rid of some of these letter um, uh, designations uh, for for various generations. Um you know, obviously the, the 420 and the 420 XE replaced the, the 420 F2. And so we've, we've basically removed that F2 modifier to signify those generations. And now it's just the 420. So, you know, the, the XE is this interesting machine, right? Because it, it yeah. still has these letter modifiers. It gives you this, this chance to kind of explain like, okay, well, XE is kind of like the, the premium edition. And, and that means different things in different product categories. It might mean drivetrain and one product. It might mean comfort and cab features in another product. And like you were saying, you know, you know, beyond kind of making sure the, the the reliability, the maneuverability, the capability, and the strength, and everything that the cat backhoes have have come to to be known for over the years, making sure all of that remains, yes. um, keeping the product fresh, right? And and I think that the XE um, the XE model really kind of leans into kind of keeping the product fresh. You you mentioned uh, CarPlay. Um, which, which is, uh, they'd have, to, I feel like they're, they're going to have to, you know, Android auto and CarPlay, they're going to have to figure out a, another name for those things if they start popping up in construction machines. But, uh, <laughs> Probably so. but those things are, are, are exactly the type of things that I would expect to see in an XE machine. So tell us a little bit about how the 420 XE is, is kind of leaning into that premium, the comfort, the capability. There, there's just several things inside the cab about that machine that really separate it from the, let's say the the non XE regular kind of standard 420 model. Sure. Yeah. No, the XE is a designation that um, 
can be used to uh, stand out your, your high technology uh, machines. And because, so the 420 is our flagship sales model, right? I mean, that is our F-150, if you will. I mean, it, it, we've had that model for a long, long time. It's our high volume runner flagship. So we certainly wanted to keep our standard 420 as a sales model with, uh, you know, the independent control systems uh, that you typically would see in backos, especially ones prior to um, our latest gen models, which is pilot hook controls in the back and then uh, a separate dedicated uh, loader control uh, up in the front. Uh, the XE brings in electric over hydraulic uh, technology with the seat mounted joystick setup. So instead of two independent control systems, you've got one set of joysticks on the seat that travel with the operator, whether they're facing forward or, or facing in the rear. And they're adjustable, they're, they're close, they, the comfort is great, the floor space. Uh, opens up in the cab is awesome, especially in the back. It's easier to spin around, more room for your feet. Um, so operators love that. And, and along with that is a, a feature called dual mode. Dual mode allows you to operate the implement that you are not facing. So if you're, if you're turned around rearward facing the hoe and you're trenching, uh, and you want it to reposition the machine because you've run the trench up to the back of the machine and you want to push back and keep going. On a typical uh, two control setup, you'd have to reach behind you, grab that loader, raise the loader up, push back, reach back behind you, jam that loader back down for stability, right? And then you keep digging. So a lot of cranking around with your shoulder and your arm. With the dual mode, you can turn it on in the machine and it can stay on the whole time you're running. And then if you hit... Um, a trigger on the left-hand joystick, it will turn your right-hand joystick into loader. So while facing rearward, you squeeze and hold that trigger. Now I can raise that loader. I've got both lift and tilt function. Okay, squeeze the trigger, raise the loader, let go of the trigger, push back, squeeze the trigger, drop the loader, let go of the trigger, keep digging. That's the pattern. That's 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 the dance. And um, it's a lot more efficient. It's more comfortable because you're not cranking your arm back. Um, it also allows you to dig offset. So if I'm latched in the rear, but I'm working off to the side and I want to, it would be great if I thought, man, if I could unlatch and dig facing the side, that'd be awesome. Well, you can do that with dual mode. As soon as you unlatch, the joysticks go dead because the machine doesn't know what you're up to. But if you turn the feature back on, you've got full controls again. So, you know, I can, I can dig offset in the, anywhere in the swing zone of the seat, that 180 degrees, I can, I can run the implements. Latch forward, um, my left joystick by default is dead. My right joystick runs the loader, which that's intuitive. But if I forgot to stow the hoe or I need to drop the boom to pull in the shop or I need to swing the hoe because I'm making a tight turn around something, I don't have to stop, unlatch, face the rear or reach over the seat. I can just go into the feature, hold the trigger, and with the trigger held facing forward, I, I've got full hoe controls, boomstick bucket swing. So it's a really, really neat feature. It's, um, I, I think it's been a game changer. Um, it's been very well received in terms of the tune of the machine. 
I think we we did a great job to, in developing it. A lot of operators, in fact, everyone I've talked to, says uh, it feels like pilot controls. You know, it, it doesn't feel like it's uh, electric over hydraulic, and that's that's what we wanted. Um, and now that we've got that that tune right and that feature uh, dialed in, working great, getting lots of great praise for it, you know, can we build off of that? Uh, and, and include some other potential features like the e-fence, e-ceiling I was mentioning earlier. So, um, no, the XC is a great machine, and that setup's available on the XC, the 440 and the 450. Um, any of our models with seat-mounted uh, controls. The XC also has um, an electronic loader, and what I mean is it has rotary position sensors for the lift and tilt function, which allows you the ability to turn off or on parallel lift capability. Um, so in a sense, the XC replaced our old F2 IT loader, which was a mechanical uh, eight bar style parallel lift loader. But with the XC, I can turn parallelism off or on. I can, I can adjust my return to dig. I can adjust my kickouts or I can turn all that off. Much like, uh, much like a, a wheel loader, if you will. Um, so both, both ends of the machine, um, is uh, with the full EH has some great, great benefits. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that, that XE machine, I mean, it, it really does feel like you guys were, were really starting to ask some questions about the future of the category um, in general, you know, with the, with the seat mounted controls and kind of building on top of that with, with, uh, with dual mode and, and, every, and then, you know, building in, um, the, you know, the ability to switch off parallel lift and, and all of that good stuff. I mean, it, it, it really, you start to, it's more of an exercise in thinking, okay, how do we, you know, for, for the, for the folks that really are depending on this category machine, right? Like how do we, how do we help this category take the next step in terms of, um, you know, the, the way you think about operating it. Um, and so, um, just kind of hearing some of the things that you guys are thinking about, uh, for the future is, is, is really, really cool and definitely exciting to see, um, that XE product, uh, grow because it, it, it really has established itself as this is the kind of like the forward looking, um, all the bells and whistles, uh, kind of things. And, and obviously as those things, you know, like seat mounted controls and, and some of the more electronically fo- focused things and tech things, you know, as they become more and more standard, obviously those things will trickle down, um, yes, into, sure. into some of the more standard models. Um, so that is an interesting way to kind of like for everybody out there as they're, as they're looking at this lineup and trying to make a decision about what machine to kind of go with that, that XC is, it's not just, you know, or, or do you want the latest and greatest, but it's, it's actually like how invested are you in, um, in, 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 in productivity, um, getting the most, uh, you know, out of your, out of, out of the money that you're spending on one of these machines. And, and, and also how interested are you in kind of like, uh, uh upping your efficiency with, with some of the, the more forward thinking, uh, features on the machine. Um, and, and to that point, uh, I, I, we'll, we'll finish up today. This is the, the last question I had for you, David. Um, but, um, for, for customers that are, you know, in the market for a backhoe right now, um, and, and they are kind of going back and forth with, well, you know, could I make a, a CTL uh, mini hex uh, combo work or, or should I stick with my backhoe and just kind of update to one of the one of the newer models? How, how do you kind of advise those customers in terms of trying to decide, you know, which which is, is, is it the compact equipment combo or is it the backhoe or even if they're, you know, not even thinking between, you know, 
that they would definitely want to stick with a backhoe. How are you guys kind of advising customers right now on finding the backhoe uh, or, or the equipment combo that will best uh, serve them on, on the job site? Sure. Yeah. Good, good question. It's, uh, it's probably a, an answer a lot of people get tired of hearing, but it's really, what, what's the application? What are you going to use the machine for, right? I mean, a backhoe with its two implements can do a lot of things. It certainly can. But do you need that? Do you need two implements? Um, are you just going to be um, digging around foundation walls only, no backfilling, you know, it, it, you know, maybe a, a mini excavator is, is, is the right choice. Also, what other pieces of equipment are in your, in your uh, outfit? You know, uh, that, that's also a factor, I think, you know, what, what can I go get and how is it going to marry up with what I may already have? But if you're just starting out new, it's all around how you're going to be using the machine. Um, what capability do you need? Like I say, backhoes in terms, if you compare it to, Many excavators, um, they got more power. They got more hydraulic power. Um, they have options like the extendable stick on the back end, which will give you another three feet of reach. Um, we have couplers available for both ends of the backhoe that can su- couple up to a whole portfolio of work tools for front and back end. So, do you need that versatility? You know, are you going to need a variety of tools or not? Uh, are you going to be moving material or having to transition across larger job sites. That's a big one because, you know, like I said, the backhoe can run up to run out to about 25 miles an hour. And, you know, the, the smaller machines are, aren't even close. So if you had to go transverse across a big site and make t- feel like it takes you forever where the backhoe can zip around, move material, work here, run over here, do this job, run over there, do that job and, um, and, and get it done quickly and efficiently because of that, because of that capability. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all of those things, you know, what, what are you going to be needing the machine to do? How big is your project? Um, or the sites where you'll be using the machine? Um, are you space limited? Um, and do you, do you need, what kind of versatility do you need? I, I think all of those things have to come into play. And some of those aren't the easiest things to answer, uh, but it's how we certainly go into the conversations uh, with potential customers about what product would best fit their needs, you know, because I think that's one great thing about CAT and, and the CAT dealership network is I, I think we do a good job understanding what solution a customer may need and and get them in the right machine, not necessarily the most biggest, most expensive machine, but what's the right machine uh, for their application. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking us through that. And um, yeah. And, and David, is there uh, to kind of finish up here before we go, is there anything else that, you know, about the, the cat backhoe lineup that, that we haven't touched on today that, that you want, that you want customers uh, to, to know about this lineup as they're, as they're going into any kind of buying decisions? No, certainly, um, certainly educate yourself on the sales models from our 415 up to our largest 450 and understand the differences in terms of performance, power, features, et cetera. Another, another uh, neat uh, thing with the latest gen models is 
so we've standardized on the single tilt loader arm. Um, but now available from the factory, you can get a front IT integrated tool carrier uh, coupler from our basic 415 model all the way up to the 450. And we've never had that offering before. So that's that gets back into the versatility um, part, which is something we were pushing hard for our latest gen models. So, you know, consider that as well. I would say if you're somebody that is maybe entertaining a backhoe and, you know, you're not production using it, it's just, you know, it's just around for whatever purposes it may be around for. You know, we also have the our under 75 horsepower model, which is the 415. That does not require def fluid, which is another consumable fluid, as we all know now with the <laughs> latest generation of diesel uh, engines. But but in terms of capability, it is it's it's got a lot of capability, and in, in fact, on the back end of that machine, it uh, is the same performance as our our four sixteen, which is the next model up. In fact, it shares all the same hydraulic system as the four sixteen. It's just a a seventy four horsepower engine. So. Um, which is plenty of power to run the back end of that machine. So I, again, I would just say any potential customer looking for a cat backhoe loader, definitely educate yourself with their dealer's help on the, really the differences between the models. Uh, just so again, you, you get the right one. You don't get more machine than you need, or you don't get less machine than you need. Because um, with all our sales models, they I think we got a nice cadence of performance and features from the entry level up to the premium. No, 100%. I mean, there's just been, you can see it in the lineup too. There's just been a lot of thought about, um, you know, again, going back to the, the XC and the standard model, it's, um, and then, you know, the, obviously the entrance of the, the 415 is, is, you know, it, the cat has done a, a great job of, of catering exactly to some of these specific use cases and, and, and types that, um, acknowledging in the market that every, every contractor and every job site's a little bit different. Um, yeah. So, well, David, uh, thank you again. Um, we really appreciate you hopping on today to, to kind of take us through this, this, this topic. And, um, I, I feel like, uh, in, anybody listening to this, um, coming into this, this, this episode, look, you know, definitely in the, in the market for backo is, is coming out a lot more educated. Uh, I know that I am, um, than they came in. So thank you again, really appreciate the time and, uh, hope to do it again pretty soon. No, sounds good. Thank you very much. Appreciated the opportunity. And, uh, always look forward to talking about backhoes. So just uh, whenever you want to have another conversation, I'm always happy to do so. Awesome. Thanks again, David. All right. Thank you. Take care.